What's going on? You are listening to Talk About Gay Sex. Tags podcast is what we're calling it these days. Yeah, um, so we so we don't get so we don't get our Instagram account removed because it says bastards. gay or sex. Fucking um, best. Yeah, it got removed and we have no idea why God we think we damn were just it. targeted. Yeah, I don't know why I went into that, but yes. The religious right. I'm Steve Rodriguez, your host. I'm a, I'm joined with um, I was going to say Jeremy Ross Lopez, but you're not Jeremy Ross Lopez. No, I'm not. You've been you've had a little too much wine. I if have. You think I'm Jeremy Ross. Steve Carpenter, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. Um, I uh, just got back from Fort Lauderdale, so I'm really good. I had a great time there. Yeah, I know I you love. Here. I was here in cold New York. <laughs> I hear it, it's warming up here. It's warming up. It's here. warming up, but it, you know, it, yeah. I think we got up to the 60s last weekend, but you were like, yeah, but it was in the 80s here. It was. I mean, so, I and, just and wanted, then I slapped him, but you know, I just wanted to plug a couple <laughs> things in Fort Lauderdale because I know how much you like it as well, and I know mm-hmm. you will get back there. I will. I want to do a shout out to where I stayed. It's called Pineapple Point. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's in Victoria Lake, I think the neighborhood is called. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's this really awesome neighborhood. It's a clothing optional gay men's resort in Fort Lauderdale. I forget how many bungalows that they have, but it's... It's super elegant. It's super... It's it's charming. It's absolutely charming. But if, anything knows, if anybody knows anything about Fort Lauderdale and the tropics, those types of places that just, they're so tropical, Lush. this place does such a good job of greenery and palms. Yeah. And it's great because you're essentially in a neighborhood. I think it's the Victoria Park neighborhood. And they, of course, it's fenced in. It's on a corner, but through the usage of just like endless palms and greenery and shrubbery mm-hmm. and meandering through, it just creates that whole. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? That just and the occasional iguana. Iguana, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like a, and uh, they've got two pools. They've got a lap pool in the back. They've got two hot tubs. The one in the back gets a little friskier. It's clothing optional, like I said. Mm-hmm. Um, I hung out there by the pool a couple times and it, it was really nice. Yeah. I used my naked time at the past episodes that we were talking about to <laughs> get comfortable with that. Uh, I just love it. Uh, Pineapple Point. I also like this neighborhood too, because a lot of the other gay BNBs are closer to the beach. And as much as I like the beach, when you go to the beach in Fort Lauderdale, you're in it. There's right. traffic. There's every Tom, Dick and Harry walking right. up. And I, it's, I mean, no, the gay beach is fun. I but, need to go there. I didn't go the, there. The gay beach is fun. I mean, the, it, it is fun. But yes, there is there is traffic. There is a lot of people, and yeah. Is the so, gay beach clothing optional? You know, I don't remember. I we'll have to there. look that up. If anybody knows, let us know because I would. I think probably. Uh, I think there are sections. I don't remember. I don't remember. There's. Uh, I went to Boardwalk, which is the stripper bar, which I'm not a fan of right now. I can honestly say I've talked about it before. It's not my favorite. It's just. I have not been to that bar. It's just one of those stripper bars where they charge you pay a cover. I think we paid ten dollars to get in, which is crazy for Florida. I mean, they yeah. So ten dollars. Ten dollars in New York to get in someplace. The positives are they re- renovated a little bit. The lighting's amazing. When all the dancers have these amazing built bodies, they're mm-hmm. sexy. They have a stage where they perform. The downside to me was ten dollars to get in. $20 if you go back with a dancer that you have to pay to go back and ah, then okay. $20 per song. But the dancer I went back was trying to get me 
to even spend more. He was like, yeah, look at my dick and so forth. So it was working. And I was like going to touch it. And he's like, oh, but that is going to be um, more money. And But you can Venmo, Venmo the money to me. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, like... <laughs> Am I just becoming bankrupt in the course of like an hour yeah. being at this yeah. bar? Yeah, 10 bucks like, to get in, 20 bucks to get in the back, and then 20 bucks per song, plus the additional to see his dick, or plus whatever it is to touch it. Yeah. I'm going to have to like get a try and get a job there as a bar back or something to like pay for all this. Yeah, I mean, gonna, it's just ridiculous. You're going to need an FHA loan, as <sighs> he used to say. <laughs> There's a couple other dancer bars, Johnson's. I'll shout out to them because Omar, this guy that I liked, that I've known before, works there. But I will last shout out on this. Uh, Ramrod. Ramrod is the leather Ramrod bar. Ramrod is fun. I've always had a good time there. So much fun there. They make a party yep. out of this. And the leather store that's there, which is the offshoot of the, I can't remember the name of the leather store though. Leatherworks. Leatherworks, yes. W-E-R-K-S. I love Leatherworks. Love Leatherworks. And I bought a really cool chain harness there. And oh, awesome. Yeah, so much You'll fun have to there. take a picture of it and put I'll it on the webpage. I will put it on or, the webpage. Or not on the web, or on Patreon. Patreon, thank you. And before we get into our special guest today, Bruce Beckham, who was on our live show, and he's gracing uh, the show in just a minute. We can't wait to get into all hot topics. He's and his awesome, and he looks even hotter than he ever has. He really does. He looks so hot. But um, I just want to shout out that we are going to be live Wednesday, April 17th for our 100th episode, if you can believe it. Can you imagine? 100 episodes. Amazing. And and our and our readership keeps going up. We get more downloads every month. So yeah. thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Tell all your friends and your family. Yeah. Well, maybe not all your family, but yeah, exactly. We got into trouble for some of that before. Um, <laughs> you can, if you are in New York City, you come to Rebar. Rebar, Rebar is in Chelsea. It is at um, 235 West 19th Street. But I'm going to list all this information. 7th and 8th exactly. And we will be live from 7 to 8 p.m. But if you come early, 6.30, uh, we're going to have a pre-party. We're going to have special... Come talk to us. Talk to us. We have specialty cocktails. We have some really special guests coming that are hot and going to help us ring in 100 episodes. But... Don't worry if you are not in New York City. Please join us live on our Facebook page. And I think we're going to be live on Rebar's Facebook page right. uh, from 8 to 9 p.m. on Wednesday, April 17th for the 100th episode. We, you and know, if you miss the live one, Steve always does a great edit and puts it up on YouTube. So, so it lives on. So it lives on and on. So, And you can see our previous live shows, too. So. Exactly. So without further ado, let's bring on our very special special guest, Bruce, Bruce Beckham. Bruce Beckham, the hot man. Well, I'm so excited, Steve, because our special guest has been on our live podcast before. Yes. Uh, he's joining us, though, in the studio today. Bruce Beckham, how are you? Hey, guys. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Really good. Good. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for doing that live um, live podcast with us, too. That was a lot of fun. Not that everyone, was fun. That not was all awesome. of our guests transfer to the you know that live stage arena, and you right. certainly do. Yeah, I, I had a fun time doing it, and I was actually pleased with how it came out, and uh, I cut a cute few clips from it and circulated them, and it was, awesome. yeah, it was a great experience. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. You're no obviously for. <laughs> I people. thought I looked really good on camera, so it was a win. <laughs> you did, and that's important. That is so important. Um, but you were no stranger. Obviously, people should know um, your adult film star um you did it in the past I'll take it took a break came back even stronger and better uh you look amazing thank you you, you have an only fans page I do. 
you have hosted on the red carpet. So that's why I bring up this. You're no stranger to any of this because um, tell us a little bit about hosting on the red carpet right. for so, one of the award shows. So yeah, you know, since I've started doing uh, adult film again, there's a lot more opportunities to do different, different things. I've tried to parlay it into that. The Straight Up Gay Porn Awards had their inaugural year two years ago. They asked me to come do the red carpet for that. They asked me back the second year, and that was a lot of fun. It's another opportunity to be involved in the industry, but in a little bit of a different aspect. And it's great exposure for me. It's a great way for me to meet all of the guys. I mean, so, so many of us know of each other, especially we interact through social media, but right. rarely are we in the same room together unless we're working. And then we're in a totally different mind frame anyway, right? Because we're about the work and we're about producing the scene. So just to be somewhere where we're all sort of dolled up and you know it's like a prom. oh it's hilarious it's like prom I, high school reunion well two things will. come to mind <laughs> two things come to mind an old boys club like you know when we get together which i love and then the other thing is that i've scrolled through some of the pictures like on the red carpet sure. and you have everything you have those that go classic where they're right. in a tuxedo right, right and then right. you've got the queen who which i love yeah. who is giving us ice skater i am going to show you every <laughs> glitter it's, it's definitely some johnny weir plunging neckline yeah. right. right right you've got our friend boomer banks who's been on the show who has his own line right. and boomer boomer's super booper boomer's super stylish <laughs> as it is right like he's actually one that i look to when i think of like styling cues um yeah he did just do his own collection for the fluid project it's called banks shout out to boomer yeah b-a-n-k-k-s um and it's available at the it's p-h-l-u-i-d project and i'll look it up just to double check but fluid. thanks yeah, for that P-H-L-U-I-D. shout out yeah, and it's great stuff awesome. it's intended to be gender fluid clothing so um it's some really cool it reminded me sort of like what i would wear out to clubs in new york in a different decade when I first started going out. I love it. I love it. He's a big fan of, uh, well, I, can't, I just blanked on her name. She's a leather designer. She's done stuff for Gaga, Madonna, um, that he has mentored under. And I remember at one of these award shows, scrambling to go, I love your work to her. Right. And then him too. And I was telling, he sort of wasn't having me, but um, yeah. we've <laughs> since, you know, he, he's had, yeah. Anyway, let's move on. But um, we should also let people know that uh, you're nominated for a bunch of awards uh, for the Grabbies, uh, G-R-A-B-B-Y apostrophe is Grabby Awards coming up in Chicago on May 25th. Yeah, that's the next thing coming up. To my to my knowledge, there's basically three tentpole award shows within the industry. There's the Straight Up Gay Porn Awards. There's the Gay VNs, which were in January in Vegas, and now there's the Grabbies, which happen every year in Memorial Day in Chicago. So, awesome. um, well, that's a busy weekend because IML International IML is Mr. The same Leather. Too. Yeah, so it's, it brings a lot of people to Chicago for that weekend. Carpenter? That sounds like a weekend to be in Chicago. Let's <laughs> let's head out. <laughs> There's some really? shenanigans yeah. for sure. Yeah, so uh, we'd be like, where do we go though? Like, do we go to put on a harness, or can we go to the red carpet? You can do all of, all of it. I mean, if you just wear a leather jock strap, you'll fit in everywhere. Oh, there you go. So, okay, yeah, done, done, done. You're done for the weekend. Okay, um, good. Yeah, so that's that's that weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm nominated for a good handful of stuff. The show itself is is great. I went to it for the first time two years ago as well. Um, and I'm also I don't think this has really been officially announced yet. I'm doing uh, I've only done one other live show. I'm doing a live show at Steamworks Chicago with a good friend of mine. Um, he's 
confirmed, but off the record, so I don't want to speak for him, but I don't want to say who I'm doing the show with, but I'm doing a live sex show at Steamworks. Awesome. That Friday of Memorial Day weekend. Steamworks is awesome. Down. Have you been there, Carpenter? I have not been to Steamworks You're a Chicago. Midwestern boy. What's That's going a, on I, here? I left as soon as I figured out where I was. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? Steamworks is actually a really cool facility. I feel like I'm plugging all these people right now. but um, Plug away. Yeah, so it, it's it, they, they've been great to work for. They've been great to work with. It's four floors of... Of uh, everything you'd expect and want in a bathhouse, but like super professional and catered to the clientele. And it was great. It was a lot of fun. I did one once before with Alex Meekum. Um, and we did an hour of mingling with the with the clientele there. We did a, an hour live show and then another hour of hanging out afterwards. It was a lot of fun. To me, it makes sense, though. I love that idea. It harkens yeah. back to mm-hmm. Bette Midler on yeah, when, I mean, who's the more <laughs> iconic person? There. We weren't yeah. exactly doing <laughs> what Bette Midler did, but... <laughs> well, no, no, okay. but I mean, you know, I think... Um, but I mean, it's not It's not just, you know, wandering past rooms and, you know, maybe right. go sitting, sitting in the right. jacuzzi. Or there was... A, thing, yeah, exactly. So. Or some of the ones even here in New York City, I mean... We should probably pitch to them to do a, a, a podcast there um, in our towels or something like that. <laughs> we'll we'll fine tune it. But I mean, they get a bad rap. Like if you go on yeah. any yeah, of Google do. and you and you look up reviews, there's not a lot of good things people are saying about a lot of the the bathhouses I've read about, at least here in New York. Yeah. I will just say that my, my limited experience with those, Steamworks was immaculate, really sex-positive energy. The mm-hmm. first floor was very much like a nightclub. Um, there was an actual gym on the fourth floor that we did the show in the center of. Um, showers, people showering together. You know, of course, you have the rooms where people are sure. <laughs> enjoying each other's company. But by and large, it was just a really cool sex positive environment it wasn't sketchy at all it didn't seem it was super clean it was it was awesome i predict we'll be seeing more of i mean they have yeah. to right they have to yeah. continue the business yeah, a friend of mine from los angeles went to steamworks chicago when he just happened to be there visiting and he's like he's you know from iowa he's you know everything scares him off but he had a great time so well a friend of mine who lived in chicago used to refer to steamworks as his weekend his weekend house so <laughs> he checked in Friday. Yeah. And he checked in Monday Friday morning, and, you know, work. late Sunday, drag his ass home. Well, <laughs> listen, they've got plenty of showers, so you're squeaky clean. Exactly. You, I don't know if you can drink in them, but I mean, at least you've, they, oftentimes I have a cafe or food. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so you're replenishing. There were definitely, I saw vending machines. That vending machines. Okay. Yeah, so you can so have, nutrition you can, isn't at the utmost. I mean, well, yeah. you know, vendavittles in between, you know, in between romps. <laughs> people are, people people are eating other things. <laughs> Yes, yes, exactly. Nourishing other aspects of their body. In Europe, though, I will say, you know, they have that whole liquor license thing. And and there was one I went to in Barcelona that they had like mini pizzas. (laughs) And I mean, it was like, do we? I know I was not ordering the food. There's a club in Cleveland where I grew up and they were known for having this like buffet set up after hours and people would get drunk and then like. When you weren't drunk, you wouldn't think, oh, my God, let's go to XYZ for their buffet. But then you right. get drunk, you'd be like, you guys, we got to go get some <laughs> bullshit buffet laid out on the east side of Cleveland. Well, Listen, when like, you're hungry. You know, years years ago, the Old Eagle in New York used to do brunch. Oh, my God. You know, so, you know, after having been there the night before when you're in the back doing God knows whatever yeah. with whomever, you know, suddenly, if you're suddenly the kitchen is open I mean, and they're serving, it. you know. 
Well, if you're like, it makes it was, you wonder what that hollandaise is made out of. Well, but but then of course you know there's all these leather queens there, and you know right. they're they're sitting there, their slaves or their puppies are on the floor, you know, and they're sitting there, you know, complaining that their hollandaise is better. Oh, you know? oh <laughs> God, there's always a complaining one in the bunch. It was it was just it, it was something you had to so, see. So to circle back to the grabbies, anyway. Yes, <laughs> yes, right. Yes, back it's, to you. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a, a lot of fun that we can do the same sort of energy, and you get to see a lot of people that you normally don't cross paths with. The first time I went to the Grabbies was 2016. It was the first one of those events I'd been to. So for me, it was like, oh, my God, is that so-and-so? You know, Ryan Rose, for example, or Diego Sands. Never actually seen them in person. But nice. then you realize that, like, that person looks familiar. Oh, shit. It's, you know, fill in the blank. So when you've done red carpet at, I think, the Straight Up Gay Porn Awards, right. did you, what were some of, like, your favorite questions to ask? I mean, let's just say there was somebody that you didn't work with or didn't know. Right. He wasn't in your fraternity. Uh, what was one like? What was your standard question? So, you know what? The, the biggest thing I tried to do, because there were so many people, I mean, I made myself a cheat book of, like, names and faces just so I would remember everybody. But I just asked people what they were working on or what they were most exciting coming up ahead. Like, what, what what's down the pipeline for you that you're really looking forward to? There you go. What do you That's have great. coming out lately? Yeah. Because it gives them a chance to talk about the things that they're excited about. It gives them a chance to sort of plug the things that they're into. Um, and I didn't want to, like, do any gotcha moments on the red carpet. You know, you, it, was, it was the, literally, like, a day or two after the whole scandal with Austin Wilde? Wolf. Austin Wolf and the airline... Yes. Um, you're yeah. talking about the Mile High Club where Correct. he got a Delta right. employee yeah. in trouble like and fired. A, no, a the, day. the Delta employee got himself into trouble and okay, fired. Okay, thank you. Yes, good yes. clarification. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to weigh in on that. Um, <laughs> but I, I, it was literally a day after that, and I texted him. I was like, so we're, we're definitely not going to talk about that. Don't worry. I won't ask you any of those kind of questions. So people are there to sort of have fun and celebrate their work in the industry, and I didn't want to do any sort of swoop downs on anyone. It's funny because I've done the red carpet for like, and I hate it for like film premieres. Like when we were, I was my sister and I when we were first getting into covering events and so forth, and we were doing interviews. So at one point, somebody asked us, "Do you want to do like red carpet?" And I was sure. like, "Sure, it'd be right. glamorous and fun." Mm -hmm. PR, no. they, most Difficult. PR people, they come down and they pick and choose what, what, who. Sure. Outlet they right. want their right. client and their snooty patootie mm -hmm. and they're right. they're all named Kristen or <laughs> Megan or Kristen. you get the point Kristen and yeah uh, and then you're also distracted yes. because you're you you're standing like arm in arm next to the next right. you know journalist whoever I'm calling myself a journalist but <laughs> and you're hearing their questions and you're like I can't answer ask that because they right. just asked that so right. I mean mm -hmm. although you, hear you from, would be like I can't ask what how big yeah. is your dick because you know you hear that from anyone who's ever walked a red carpet though you. You're used yeah. to giving the same soundbite over and over. They're all going to ask the same questions. So yeah, ideally you're asking something unique or or, or original, but you know even then it's really just a, another moment for someone to get their any face diva out there. stories. Like you know how like these days Julie Roberts will show up at the Oscars, but she doesn't do the red carpet. Janet doesn't do the red carpet now. Any like well, there were diva? a lot. There were a lot of people that showed up fashionably late, but the red carpet was seven to eight, and the show started at eight. So people who showed up at eight o'clock like. We were getting ushered into the auditorium. And you struck me as an on-time, you know, when you show, yeah. I would know for this podcast, yeah. I was like ready to mm -hmm. go. I could already tell. I and, mean, and, and we, no, this is good. This yeah. is good. No, I mean, I just always have sort of run with the model that like um, uh, early is on time, on time is late, and late is unacceptable. So I like that. I, um, I always just try to give myself very a little Midwest wiggle room. Roots. That's very Are you from the Midwest? I, mean, I am. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. 
You know, the full story is also that my mom was like late everywhere for everything. Oh, which drove you crazy. And drove me crazy. And I would see grown adults blow up on her. And I specifically remember a lecture from a neighbor that was waiting for us to come home in our own driveway. And like she just exploded on her about how when you're late, it's telling someone else that their time is invaluable. So oh, yeah, I've heard like, that story yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, you're not yeah. going to convince me now, but <laughs> yeah, I was I was late too. But so, yeah. without sounding neurotic, there were people who showed up late and we couldn't interview them because you know the right. cameras. Well, were that gone, yeah, you know? no, that's just dumb. No, and that's they just, just dumb. They, that's they, just dumb. They, they, yeah, they, a couple people, one of whom is a little widely known, threw a little bit of a fit because he couldn't get interviewed. And Whoa. you know, I repeated it at the live show at Rebar. I was like, the best if you really want some camera time at an award show. Be the first to arrive. You yeah. can have a solid yeah. quarter of the time that's allotted to just talk about you and yourself while we're waiting for everyone else to show up. There's certain things that uh, the world won't wait for you, yeah, and they're, exactly. it's called theater, Broadway. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't care. Nope. <laughs> um, concerts yeah. often, and then the red carpet. Yeah. So. Although with concerts, most of the artists are running late themselves. They so are, but they get that. Time, but now. Right. You were recently in L.A., though, and I'm not sure if um, you were was objects of desire objects of desire uh, you posted um by raging stallion was that did you film that oh, in oh that is a, that was an older, an older pro- film that's an older project yeah, well let's yeah, talk yeah. about it because i was looking at first of all he's got a, follow him on twitter people um on twitter you're bruce beckham triple x yeah at bruce beckham and it's b-e-c-k-h-a-m like david beckham oh there you go triple x and if Following your Twitter is so interesting and fun because you, there, you have so much to report on from your OnlyFans. We're going to get into some of the content that you talk, a, a, a film you've been in, sure. red carpet, shout outs to people. And then we're, we'll get into some of the causes that you're all about, too. Yeah. So it's like this I try to make stream a, of consciousness that's really fun. Yeah, I try to make cool. it a good melange of everything that I'm doing from my porn perspective through through Twitter and then my, my Instagram account if people want to follow me there is at Bruce Alanius. And um, that's more of like my road stuff. You'll see me at the gym. You'll see some bullshit that I ate today. You'll see <laughs> me take a snapshot of the the guy with overgrown toenails in the gym locker oh, room. Just God, right. yeah. Shit, maybe you do or don't want to see, but listen, if I got to see it, so do you. One time you made me laugh, and I, it must have been on Instagram. You said, oh, I'm so happy to finally have a workout partner again t- so he can shoot me for all my content. Or it's like, I guess you these days you work out solo. Yeah, I have a, had a good friend in Los Angeles named Peyton who we would work out together every day, and we got great workouts in, but he also just knew I would like hand him my phone. He knew that he had to like film the next set because I was going to upload it, you know. It's great to share that stuff. I think people Absolutely. appreciate seeing that stuff. So um, it's another little snapshot of my life, and I'm at the gym every day, so, you know, why not throw some of that up there? Um, but when you work out by yourself, it's hard to do that. So Oh, I'm panicked. The couple times I've tried to do it at the gym, I think everyone's like, you know, oh, what is he doing? I put it in the worst location <laughs> where it's looking at my crotch, but, I, I mean, I'm... Is right. that the worst location, bad. though? It's not if it, I mean in this right. I'm not in a flattering position. Well, he can't put it in the back because the vacuum will just pull it in. So, <laughs> so. I can pull your cord, Missy. <laughs> yeah. well, speaking of camera angles, though, and this object of desire, I'm not sure when it was made. You can tell us, but one of the things I was interested in 
and they promote when you go to their site, they say there's cameras pointing at every angle and direction. And I watched a little clip of it, mm-hmm. and literally they had cameras like in these spots where, sure. where did, how do they get the camera yeah. there? And I'm curious as a performer, what's that process like when there are, I mean, where are these cameras? Yeah, so every studio films differently. Um, a lot of studios use multi camera, so there's at least two people with a camera and they're covering different angles at the same time and they're moving around. And the two camera people are communicating with each other fairly well. They know what to get, they know what they want to get. And the in between takes, they'll talk to each other. Okay, I got, I got the high. Did you get this? But uh, a studio like uh, Falcon, Naked Sword, Raging Stallion—they're all the same studio. And they tend to use single camera, so they will readjust, cut a lot, mm-hmm, cut a lot, readjust for light lighting a lot, and um, especially those underneath cameras. There's usually literally a camera person right underneath you. The, so it's not the, like they're putting a GoPro under their. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yeah, no, there's a camera that's person. And that would lens, actually be smart, but camera boy, person in a lens, you know, two three inches from your balls, they've got a light that looks like a lightsaber that they stick under there to make sure that they're that you're lit properly. Right. Um, and often the camera person has on like visor uh, goggle <gasps> protectors for their eyes in case anything drips uh, while I mean, they're under Because it does. That would be smart. Yeah. 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 So We laugh, but this is, you know. It's a very intimate pr- process. But I mean, to be honest with you, almost every performer I know, we're just used to it. There's going to be someone down there. We're, we're having sex, but we're having sex for the camera. Right. right? There's always, we're always doing angles so that we're open up to the camera. So that. Literally. Yeah. So that, so that, yeah. Uh, so that you have a better view of the action, and we just sort of know that that's what's going to be happening. So, do you pr- pr- prefer the single camera because at least you know, okay, I'm playing to that one, even if it's like in the most uncomfortable place. I'd rather play to one camera versus like, oh wait, I've got that camera and this camera over here. Like, uh, I mean, too much. Well, but, only... but you're not. But you're you're talking about acting and you're playing to the camera. No, this but is supposed mo- to be like, but this you is know, nobody is watching. Type this thing, is all about so our it's... look, though. <laughs> you know, or our my dick and. Yeah. I can only speak for myself. I don't really have a preference between the two, except for that uh, multiple cameras tend to go faster because they're able to cover more in a shorter period of time, where single camera has to get everything one step at a time and set up but yeah the way that i work when i'm performing is i don't think about the cameras being there i'm just doing what i'm into i'm enjoying the person in front of me i know that there's cameras around but literally the day that i get to set i'm not obsessing about like oh how am i going to look and how is this angle going to look i just figure like well i've worked out i've been on diet what yet what what you see is what you get at this point so i'm just going to go in and have fun and give it a lot of energy and hopefully the content's good I like it. That's I like great. it. I know recently when you were on the live uh, podcast, we talked a little bit about how you played a doctor. I think you got nominated for that about the slutty professor. Yeah, I I, I won, had won a uh, gay, uh, straight up gay porn award for best actor for the slutty professor from Naked Sword. Chishi Larune and, and Mr. Pam directed it. Um, I also won a gay VN in January for the same role for the same movie. So it's sort of being it's been well received. Recurring role. I know. It's um is there an EGOT for porn? I mean, <laughs> let's not get crazy. But you're on your way. So I'm a, and I'm nominated for the same movie, the same role in the gay VNs too. Um, nice. and it was just great to be part of that project. I'll, I'll you know, I'll keep plugging. It's one of the things that I've done that that was a lot of fun to do. I've recently been working a lot for men.com and and specifically Mark McNamara has been putting me in some really Really fun stuff. Was, it, was Ben.com the one where you play a policeman? I've played a policeman five okay, times. Okay, because that was going to be my next question. <laughs> you, What's it like playing like these, you know, 
a policeman or a doctor, Author- authoritarian, authoritarian positions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're. you're I think positions. we're often typecast for what we read as, and I think I read as authority figure. You know, sort of like I read as a gardener, the, the but, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but okay, housekeeping. Yeah, right, um, right, right. Um, I read as an off-camera person, uh, <laughs> uh, crew no. with their headset on over yeah, there. Hello. <laughs> uh, you just you just go into it knowing that that is a fantasy for a lot of people. It's a really common fantasy, and the the only thing, the only sort of quote unquote prep that I do with regard to it, my uncle was a police officer, so I just sort of like channel. Oh wow, that you do life. research. Okay, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call it research. <laughs> I just think like. You know, thank God I've never been arrested. I haven't had a whole lot of contact with law enforcement other than like nodding at them and saying, hey, they're just, you know, they're just guys doing their job. So for me, I just sort of think like as a kid, how did I look at my uncle being this like authoritative macho figure in, in the uniform with the gun belt, et cetera? And that works. That's yeah. fantasy. Yeah. Perfect. And you, and yeah, you look works. believable as, you know, a, I would be like hot and bothered if I saw a policeman and standing on the corner. It is tricky, though, because, you know, sometimes what I'm filming, the particular fantasy I'm filming, isn't always necessarily a fantasy of mine, right? But you, right. you, you just sort But of, it's somebody else's fantasy. It, it is. It's someone else's family right. fantasy. And you sort of have to embody what the things that you think that they get into about it. And obviously with police, it's authority, right? It's right. authority and control. And right, right. People really enjoy it. Then when the tables are turned, like the first thing I did when I came back was to do a scene for Falcon with um, Chris Bynes for Tony DeMarco. I'm forgetting the name of the movie, but I was a police officer and I arrested a guy in a warehouse and it was a flip scene. So I fucked him and then he fucked me. And I'm sure that people get into the idea of like the authority figure having the tables turned on him and then he gets fucked. We were talking a lot of porn last week about old porn from the 70s, 80s, and even 90s. You even played a song, Steve Carpenter. Oh, God, yes. That we were yes. laughing at. <laughs> um, and we were also talking a little bit about the scenes, that the prelude scenes that lead up to the ultimate fucking. How much are... Do you like doing those, you know, scenes about like, yeah. hey? So we call it we call it in B-roll in the industry. Like B-roll. Any, oh, okay. anything that's not the actual sex, the lines, or the setup for the for the for the the, the premise that the scene's taking place in is B-roll. And um, yeah, it's fun for me. It's another chance to sort of flex acting muscles. There have been times where it's been a little corny, and it, there's been times where we're not even given a script. They'll they, they'll say like, okay, now say something like this. And then you're just literally repeating it. Most 90% of this stuff I've done, there's been a script. And, and especially lately, some of the studios are playing into the idea of it having it be sort of like satire porn, where you're saying the most ridiculous things. <laughs> I just did something that, that came out from Men.com called Get Your Dick Out of My Son. And I was going to ask you about that, but good, yeah. Yeah, the whole premise was that you know I'm married, I have a wife, I'm fucking her step, my stepson, and there's three different scenes where he, I fuck him, I fuck his friend, they think they're getting one up on me, I trick them, and I'm fucking them both, and then they're pissed off about it. And the final scene of the movie is uh, the wife, my wife, walking in on me, getting my dick sucked by her son, and she drops the groceries and screams, "Get your dick!" It's a great so title. So it's this like heightened. Yes, it ridiculous. is a great title, and it, and it feeds some fantasies. You know? And, and yeah. honestly, I've been watching a lot more of the the storyline. I used yeah. to be so not into it. Maybe storylines weren't. Well, storylines were were usually like the pizza boy. And, uh, I just brought your pizza. You know, just exactly. really badly really acted. Bad. And, and not that and he know. says that, you know, you're saying, Bruce, that often these days they're even more over the top. But with amateur porn, 
becoming so much bigger, I think that I'm interested in that Uber driver that, how did that happen? And so it's transpiring to when I watched regular porn and I'm kind of like interested in these phony or fake fun, whatever you want to make it. There's so many layers here to the, to this idea with hookup culture and grinder. Everyone knows that hooking up is super accessible, right? Right. Gone Mm -hmm. are the days where I wonder if I could suck that stranger's dick who lives across the street, because now you can pop up a grid and see if he's on grinder and then hit him up and then you're fucking. Whereas like uh, getting in the Uber, having a hot Uber driver and like, Oh my God, I wonder what would happen if I tried to blow my Uber driver. And then, you know, someone's making a porn about it. So you're actually seeing that fantasy played out. And the two can be, I, I don't have enough money, taxi driver. Yeah, that, I, I watched know, that one recently. I don't have yeah. enough money. Yeah, gonna no. have to come up to my apartment. Have, have you ever had a hot Uber or taxi driver? I've had one. I've had one, and I immediately like you know with Uber, you can look up their profile, see their name, see how many screen. Oh, yeah, I have bitch, too. Sent it to all my friends. Wow, yeah, I nice. Like, look at this one. I had one, and I had a creepy guy though too that yeah. comes to my mind more that, and I'm like, no, no. I've got I'm a good. couple of hot ones, and then and then I we have a mutual friend who he sends yeah. me pictures of his drivers. You know, if they've got like really big hands and that type of thing, he sends mm. me pictures. Go, ooh, this one's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> that same friend of ours though has this Egyptian guy that yeah, is who picks sexy. him up on a regular yeah, basis. He's pretty yeah. sexy. I have a friend have who lives up in the Bronx who has an Uber driver that runs that time of day when he's going to work, and he's had him pick him up a few times for a ride, and they've had a lot of innuendo going back and forth. But Listen, some, it's not that hard to believe. It's oh. super hot. It's yeah. super hot. See, and that's, sorry to interrupt, but that's actually one of my real fetishes, like like getting caught in public with someone that you're not quite sure if they're into it or not, like at a urinal where the dude starts flashing his dick, you're not quite sure if he is or not. Um, I was in uh, London for the holiday, and I was at a restaurant, and a guy at the urinal next to me whipped his dick out, and it was clear that he wasn't peeing, that he was trying to show me his dick. And my heart started beating out of my Panicked. chest. Panicked. <laughs> no, like in a <laughs> no, good way. Excited. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, excited. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Because wow. that's totally my thing. Did and you? Of Yeah, so uh, he stayed at the urinal. He was clearly not going anywhere. So I zipped up and stepped away, and I looked at There was a, like one other person in the restroom. And then when they left, I like head motioned the guy to the stall. And I just went into the stall, and I figured, now we'll see if he bites or not. And he absolutely let himself in the stall, made out with him, played with his dick for a little bit. Hi. And then I had a friend who was, you know, I was having lunch you with a friend. Slut. I know, right? Listen, <laughs> all, listen all I did it was, was like, so proud of you. Yeah, like, play with a dick, whatever. Listen, um, he was traveling. All right, like, it's, it was almost I'm Christmas, for Christ's That's, sake. Yeah, there's right? a gift. Right. Um, he got us Christmas goods. <laughs> yeah. But I got back down to the table because my friend was waiting, and my hands were still shaking because I was, like, so nervous and had so much adrenaline running It's exciting. Me. So exciting. Yeah, to that's me, that's awesome. super hot. Well, let's g- switch gears then because let's talk a little bit about your OnlyFans. If you go to OnlyFans.com forward slash Bruce Beckham, correct? Triple X. Triple X. Yep. Yeah, we'll list all that. You, A lot of your scenes, I noticed, uh, there's... Uh, I wrote a couple... You did a bathroom scene recently, and then there's this guy that pops up uh, that you said anytime you get together with him, you will pro- you will promise to post it. He's a, your Cuban friend, <laughs> and yeah. So yeah. here's the story on that. Um, Let's he, talk about the Cuban. Oh, he's cigar. So, he's so <laughs> hot. He has literally the biggest dick that I've ever seen in person. It's thicker than any dick I've ever seen. And I, oh, I, I prefer thicker. I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, he had silicone implementing it and he doesn't cause I've seen it soft and I've seen it hard. There's nothing in there. It's all him. And, um, 
He knows he has a big dick. I met him a few years ago in Los Angeles. Uh, he happened to be in town. He talked to me on Grinder. He asked me if I wanted to meet him for lunch, and then he was like, "You know, does he know he has a big dick, or he knows oh, you like?" Oh his no, big no, no, dick. he knows he has a big dick because <laughs> I mean, he lives everybody in, I know. If you have a big dick, now, you know you have a big dick, and, and you know who likes him. He loves walking around Hell's Kitchen in a tight workout short and no underwear, and it's just sort of like hanging off there to the side. I don't mind it. Almost most of the guys that we pass on the street don't mind it. But there have been a few times. We were at a Starbucks in Times Square, and there was like a group of like 10-year-old girls, and <laughs> they could see it. And I was like... Inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Stick to HK. I'm gonna, you're going to see me trolling there in the next few weeks. HK being Hell's Kitchen. Can, uh, oh, you know, Hell's Kitchen, yes. yeah. When this is over, I can definitely give you all this Please. information. Yeah, it's beautiful. And uh, so we, we're friends, and you know we fool around every now and then. But um, Okay, but... How do you make someone like that become a part of your OnlyFans and him right. agreeing? Obviously, it's not his face. It's so, yeah. his beautiful So, yeah, dick. we're good friends, and his only stipulation is, like, he doesn't want his face in it. And he has a few tattoos that are pretty recognizable. So we always sort of just do it from an angle where we don't get the tattoos. In fact, I was, the, the most recent one, I was just at his house last week. We were taking a look at his taxes because he wanted some help doing his taxes. We're like, hey, do you, you could do me a favor? And he's like, sure, babe, what do you want? And I was like, can, can we film me sucking your dick for, I don't know, 30 seconds? He's like, yeah, of course, of That's course, That's an amazing course. trade. Yeah. And then you made that wow. promise to your if fans. If that's how you got paid as an accountant, I would be a CPA immediately. Can you imagine? <laughs> wow. And you, this would be your busy time frame. Oh you would be like, yeah. you know, have a sore job farming out the work. I mean, unless you're a professional. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's really so, good. Yeah. So, and... So is a lot of your, for people that um, are fans of yours that want to become fans, is this what we can expect, like a lot of these Yeah, so, you scenes? know, I, I, I didn't film a lot of content summer through fall of last year. And that's just Hiatus. me. I dropped the boat, dropped the ball on that. I really should be uploading more. And so this this year, I was like, okay, let me make a concerted effort to put more content. So at least once or twice a month, I'm going to put up something new. Um, and I do have like a few. I mean, my whole message thread on on Twitter is just guys that are like, hey, babe, we should film some content soon. We should film some content soon. But you know, then again, I'm a little particular on who I want to film with. You know, of course, you want to film safe. I don't want to do anything that's not in my my wheelhouse of stuff that I enjoy doing. And um, you but know. you know what makes sense is that if so many of your filmed scenes and you just talked about production value and right. camera angles right. and lighting and all that, obviously your OnlyFans is your produced. Um, fan projects and people don't want to see that gloss that we right. see you in the film and, and so we want to see you in the bathroom stall that you with a Cuban guy right. we want to see these like you know and, and that's specifically yeah. been my model for my OnlyFans I'm only going to do stuff on there that I'm super into right so if it's if it's a guy if a guy messages me and I'm not into the idea of it. I'm not going to do it, right? Yeah, but, that, but that reads, you know, you can you can tell you can tell if somebody's doing something they're not into. I mean, there's there's plenty of bad porn out there where yeah. they're doing something with somebody that either they don't like or something they don't like. Yeah, and I've been and very, it, and it reads. I've been and you have f- to do that on. Oftentimes, I would imagine well, you've I mean, been on set where you well, might not like the performer. I mean, I was just going to say to the contrary. I've been fortunate that the studios I've worked for have all put me up with guys that I've been attracted to, and they always run the performers past past me first, at least the studios that I've worked for, and say, hey, we have a scene coming up for you in a month that's going to be with this individual, and this is the role you're going to play, top or bottom or, or flip. 
Does that work for you? But theoretically, that can sound good. And you could be like, yeah, oh, let me check them out. Sure. Uh, yeah, but once I mean, you get on set, maybe the chemistry is yeah. not the same yeah. as opposed to Cuban guy that you meet on the street where right. you know. Yeah, yeah oh, somebody yeah. that you know, someone that you've built up rapport with, it's mm-hmm. always going to be a lot hotter right. than someone that you're just being paired with and meeting for the first time, maybe that morning, you know? Right. So, yeah, I mean, so my And there's that th- amateur quality fun factor that makes it things that we know you are. Right. You like. I need to find a bathroom in New York City that's very private and get a little wall mount camera and then just use that as a go-to. Well, like, let's just use mine here and it we'll up set people. it up. Yeah. <laughs> just have the doorman buzz me in. Because, yes. because it's that whole idea of like <laughs> the Grove in Los Angeles, that outdoor shopping mall. Yes, I know the their, Grove. Their bathroom stalls in the men's room outside of where the valet is are privately enclosed rooms. It's not a door with some space underneath. Oh, I love those. Small rooms. Like in and hotels, you know, yeah, when you just, right, yeah. yeah. And they're so private and I've always wanted to fool around in one of those. And I never have. So at I mean, I'll be in LA at the end of April if anybody wants to. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. What days are you going to be hanging out of the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> the schedule will pop up <laughs> as we get closer. We'll, we'll put the schedule on the web tour, date, <laughs> tour dates and tickets will be available. <laughs> I'll be the guy in blue outside of sprinkles at 1 PM. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. It just reminds me, though, I like how you're so, like, I, that's how I would be, too, very bougie with, like, you know, the enclosed door. You have a specific locale. I was talking Listen, to somebody. I ain't trying to get arrested. The, right. The you don't want to be a Penn no. Station, yeah, right. which no. apparently oh, stuff ew, goes down no. in the restrooms at Penn Station. Those, but those restrooms are well, so filthy. Goes down restroom, stuff goes down. Yeah. And, you stuff know, goes down in restrooms everywhere, but it's just at the same time. It's like, I don't want to pick up strep at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or airports uh, theoretically sounds good, but so, I'm always running from place to place sweaty, and I'm assuming they are too, and forget it. I don't get the allure of Mile High Club. Those bathrooms on they're airports, tiny. they're disgusting. small to You barely with. want to go to the bathroom. Well, they're tiny, so like I'm a big guy. I can barely fit in there. Like Even to try to take a selfie in there, I can't imagine where there would be room to have sex. And also, so many people have done it right now. It's really not that exclusive. Cliche, yeah, Austin. No, right? let's let's well, ask. I didn't Austin say that. I didn't say that. I no, I really that. want him on the no, show. No, actually. Steve said that. <laughs> I want no, him you. on the show, and you're going to help me get him on the show. Hopefully, no. come on, Austin Wolf. Come on the show. We want to talk. Kidding. He's a really nice guy. To you. He's just super, super busy. <laughs> okay, well, maybe he has five minutes. And anyway, let's move on. Um, I wanted to talk uh, okay so we know all about your OnlyFans right. and how you keep that up obviously yeah, so again it's OnlyFans.com backslash Bruce Beckham triple X and everything you see on there is going to be anything from me I'm going to start uploading some workout tips I'm going to do more of me playing with my dick in the bathroom stall at my gym which is my favorite thing to do and like just friends of mine in New York that are coming over to play cool and let's talk about a couple cool. serious things not too serious but on the recent film that you just mentioned get your dick out of my son <laughs> you also mentioned that it's your first bareback scene and talk a little bit about that right. prep there's a current story out we've been talking about on the show mm-hmm. about and um you know there's the potentially the seventh person in australia that um was on prep he was one of the earlier people to ever take mm-hmm. prep but he unfortunately tested positive for mm-hmm. hiv i'm just curious to know um your thoughts on that but Let's talk about your proclamation. Yeah, so I mean, I did my first bareback scene for men.com. It's it was almost inevitable because almost everyone in the industry is moving in that direction. Right. Um, it it's just what the market wants at this point, and uh, the studios that I've chosen to do scenes like that for, they all have a pretty strict testing regimen, and I that I'm I know that I'm fully compliant with my prep regimen, so I take it every day. I'm actually part of a Gilead study for prep. I'm either on Truvada or 
potentially the new drug Discovy, which, but I'm on a blind study, so I don't mm-hmm. know which drug I'm on. And every six weeks I, I go to um, Columbia. They draw blood. They do a shit ton of, of blood work We love Columbia. They, we yeah. had a, they a couple work, of people yeah. on the and show from Columbia. They love having me as one of the people in the study because I'm so, like, comfortable talking in the industry about sex and, and yeah. sex positive and, mm-hmm. and I'm very comfortable talking about my sexual practices and honest around it. And, you know, the reality for all of it is my... My criteria for having unprotected sex in my real life are exactly the same as having unprotected sex for film. And it's basically, I'm on PrEP, which covers me against risk of HIV infection. I'm fully compliant with taking it every day. Um, but at the same time, PrEP only protects against HIV. So there's other STDs that are right. becoming you know, uh, antibiotic resistant. And I want to be cognizant of that and as safe as possible while still having an active, enjoyable sex life. So the series that I do bareback for, they all test us a week out and they all test us again the day prior. Um, Just the last shoot I did, I tested seven days before I filmed in San Diego. I went down to San Diego. I tested the day before, got those results back in a 24 hour. Then I filmed two scenes, went to LA the next day and they still had me test again in the morning the day before in Los Angeles. So like within the span of a week, I was tested three times. So Are your personal requirements the same too in your own personal sex life too? So, right, obviously. You go through your assistant. <laughs> you, but I do it's a long <laughs> process, but people, it's worth it. Can I, I'm gonna book you for the 21st. <laughs> no, it's, it's but it, what it, what, how that translates to my personal life is I'm tested regularly. I know what my results are. And when I engage with, in sex with, you know, there's always, always gonna be various risks, right? You can get gonorrhea from a blowjob, mm-hmm. but, you know, by and large, um, I'm tested frequently enough that I have an idea, and if something pops up and it's happened to me, then my other responsibility is to go get treatment and then call my sexual partners and let them know that I've contracted something and that they should go get tested as well. Was this a hard decision to make? Because it sounds like what took so long, essentially. If you've been in the industry for a while now, you've been doing this, you know. I, I just landed in this weird window where when I came back in 2016, pe- the studios were all teetering on whether they were or whether they weren't going to do it. And the bulk of what I filmed in 2016 was for companies that were condoms only, Falcon, Man.com, Titan. And then in... 2017, I moved to New York City, and I dialed back on my filming a little bit. I only did two that year. I'd also had major eye surgery in December of 16, so that took me off of filming for at least four months. So in between 16, when I started filming again, was when a lot of the studios started making the transition to doing bareback porn. So it was something I would run into initially. I wasn't necessarily avoiding it. Um, And the fact when it came up and I realized, okay, this this is now how things look moving forward, all right. Am I going to do this? Okay, I'll do it. But I'm, when I do do it, it's going to be with a little bit of, you know, expansive information about why I'm doing this and why it's not a cavalier decision. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And it shouldn't be a cavalier decision, even yeah. in your personal life. And I wouldn't presume you know, to tell other people, this is how you should be right. Um, uh, right. conducting point, your right. sex life. This is just, these are the rules that are good for me. This is the, the parameters that work for me that, 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 allow me to respect myself and the individuals that I'm having sex with. No, and thank you for sharing that. We have so many listeners that are approaching prep, thinking about it, on it. Right. Mm-hmm. We've certainly got our feedback on, on viewpoints we've stated. And we yeah, want to give definitely. certainly your viewpoint from your perspective is very important and we'll shed a light. So yeah, thanks I mean, for that. Yeah, I definitely think that prep is a miracle. I, I, I know... <sighs> 
the short version of this. I saw that play, um, oh, damn it, Angels in America. Yes. When they, when they rebooted it in, in, on Broadway this last summer, and I'd never seen it before, and the audience was filled with 60-year-old gay men that had lived through the AIDS crisis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can't imagine what it would have been like to be 20 or 30 years old and watching all your friends drop dead out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And so I realized there's this healthy, or there, there was to a greater extent, this healthy fear of HIV, which was necessary because people were dying left and right. And now we have a drug like Truvada that protects within the 90th percentile the risk of infection from HIV. It's not foolproof, but there's been seven cases out of millions and millions of people taking it. Mm -hmm. it's, right. it's, it's a pretty significant protective. And we should be fair, even in this article, the 27-year-old Australian really states that he still believes in the drug and that even though he contracted it, he encourages people to continue to right. take it. And so if he can say that, even though if, I think that's well, but really... But there's also the next level of it, too, that if you are positive, it's not a death sentence anymore. Absolutely. No, right. And that's the other be, thing. The, the, the play but, that I saw, yeah. watching these characters develop HIV back in the 80s and knowing what a death sentence it was, it doesn't have the gravitas that it did because, no. you know, it, well, no. well, there's no cure and it's still a serious disease that takes a lot of management and, mm -hmm. and, and people live their life with this stress and the toll that these medications take on their body. Mm -hmm. It's not a death sentence. And people are living active, vital lives. And yeah. also to the point where I think it's important to say this too, the virus is undetectable in their blood and the CDC has determined definitively that someone who is undetectable, viral levels, it cannot transmit it to someone exactly. else. Exactly. So... This exactly. whole stigma there, there seems to be around people who are HIV positive being of danger to others. If they're undetectable, you cannot get it you, from them. You are of danger to others if you're HIV positive and you don't know it. Correct. You know, that's good, why, good it's, point. A, that's why it's important to get tested. Because right. All of it goes back to that. It all goes back to that. You can, you, you know, you get tested, you know your status, and then you can do something about yeah. it. It's not like there's nothing you can do uh, This idea of hiding your head in the sand, you know, it's back to my umbrella rule for life, which is to take care of myself and take care of other people. And that yeah, involves exactly. knowing your health yeah. and knowing how that impacts the people that are around you. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to just tap into a little bit on your thoughts. Uh, I know you watch Wendy Williams. You tweeted her. I watch Wendy Williams, and yeah. we love her. But I do because I get some, uh, like, for our own show. But she recently acknowledged on her own show that she's been living in a sober house. She's right. certainly been vocal about her drug use in the past and how it's been. And so she's been living in a drug house. There's a current story of another KTLA news anchor in LA, Chris Burroughs, who died. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we reported on it. Unfortunately, he died late last year. He was married with a child. Uh, just to recap real quickly. Is, is this the guy who, that they found methamphetamine in his system? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he had two bumps of methamphetamine that he had asked a partner to kind of blow up his ass, mm -hmm. and uh, along with GHB as well, and I think the, unfortunately didn't end well for him. Just curious to know in your industry that you, um, and because I I want to talk more about chem sex and the dangers, but not you know not judging always. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts on just some of these stories, and at least why you posted about Wendy. Yeah, I mean the the reason I posted about Wendy is because I think. She's a very vocal person. She has a lot of opinions about a lot of things. Um, she's willing to put it all out there. And I think there are a lot of, a lot of her demographic and her fans look up to her for being a quote unquote self-made woman. And to have the bravery and humility to say, you know what, I fucked up, but I'm getting help 
and someone, or an attic, and yeah, it's a chemical yeah, thing. Correct, yeah. and and the bravery that it takes to admit the truth, and that you know what, I stumbled and fell, and I'm human, and now I'm doing something to 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 rehabilitate myself is very powerful for people who might be watching her, well, looking absolutely. up to her, and thinking, oh shit. If she can admit she has a problem, then I can admit I have a problem too. And maybe it will encourage someone else to ask for help and get help in the same way that she did, right? Yeah. She's got a lot more to lose. She has a nationally syndicated talk show. She's sort of at the top of a pyramid. A lot of people are gunning for her. A lot of people are talking about her marriage and her husband and alleged affairs, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, she, there's a lot of, of rationalization for not admitting you have a problem and I'm still strong and I'm still tough, but being willing to have the humility and the 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 unselfishness it takes to say that I have a problem and to set up a foundation. She set up a foundation called the Hunter Foundation so that people can get help with substance abuse issues if they do. Anonymously, yeah. yes. Yeah, I mean, it's just, she. you know, she's taking her story and spinning it into something good, and I really respect that. What about your thoughts? Because it's no secret that in the adult film industry, drugs have been prevalent, certainly in earlier <coughs> periods, but I'm sure they haven't gone away completely. They haven't gone away in so, any realm. You know, no. Any I'm, thoughts? I'm sober, and people always ask me when they hear that, well, how does that work with you? doing porn and the answer is I've never seen a single drug on set nor anybody fucked up on set in the entire time I've done porn. And you're sort of and by that, choice or? That goes from 2009, 2008 era when I did porn and then the, <clears throat> the current setting. Once I've seen a few guys go out back and like take a little hit of weed because they needed to calm down a little bit. Yes, it's, oh, well, le it's legal for Christ's sake, right? Yeah. And, but I mean, with the exception of that, nothing. People don't even drink the, the day of. I've never seen anybody drink alcohol on set. Um, once there was someone who announced that they were hungover because they'd had too much Jack the night before. And even then, the, the studio wasn't thrilled with that fact. So so you think that's dissipating a little bit, at least in only, current standards of adult Those male are the studios gay. that I've worked for. Okay, I have it. heard of other studios that, you know, there's some, some studios out there that have shown people slamming crystal meth in the scene. It could be right. fake. It could be real. I've heard of other mm. performers say they went and did a scene for a different studio, and the bottom had a dildo covered with coke that he was shoving up his ass during the scene. <laughs> Got it. So Great. you know, I think there's some people for whom you know drug culture and chem sex is a fetish. But the studios that I've worked for, I've never seen any of that. You mentioned you don't have to talk anything more than you want to at all, but you mentioned you're sober. Um, was it ever a problem for you that anything you can share with us? That sure. You know, I mean, I uh, bartended for a very long time, um, some big nightclubs in Los Angeles and uh, a couple of venues in New York, too. And probably the most popular nightclub venue in Los Angeles, I was a bartender at for five years. And drugs and drinking were rampant. And, you know, there's, a, there's an adage that if you hang around a barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. And if you're, if you're at a bar and a mm -hmm. nightclub yeah. all the time, you're eventually going to imbibe. It's common to see bartenders doing a shot. You know, if, if, if businessmen went to, to work every day and part of their job was to drink, well, pretty soon they'd have a problem. Um, so, yeah, I, over time... I was always at the party, and it took me a long time to realize that life isn't always supposed to be that you're at a nightclub, right? So once right. I got a handle on mm -hmm. that and realized that it was sort of overtaking my life, I put an end to it, and things just work a lot better for me without that in my life.
Nice, nice. And before you leave, I, you again, if you follow Carpenter, his Twitter, you got to follow mm-hmm. him because it's like, I love all the things you post. They're funny. You'll put quotes up there. But one of the things uh, on April 2nd that you put up, and I'm all about dogs. Mm, Carpenter yeah. can vouch for oh me. Oh, my God. You, it's called Stand <laughs> Up Stand Up for Pits, P-I-T-S Foundation. And we're talking about um, um, dogs. Right. And on April 2nd, you said you're donating uh, money from every scene you've filmed so far this year, right. and it's a spay and neutered. Sure. Talk about it. Yeah, so the whole story behind that one of my very good friends, Rebecca Corey, has a nonprofit organization called Stand Up for Pits. She's a stand up comic. She has a tour that tours the United States. They'll be here June 2nd at the Gotham Comedy Club right around the corner on 23rd. Yes, love That's it. one of Great. the stops. Um, so stand up refers to the fact that she's a, a stand up comic. Comedian, yep. Yeah, and tons of famous stand up comics take part in the show. Um, she's great friends with Kaylee Cuoco, who usually emcees a lot of the shows. But um, if it's a name in comedy, that chances are they've been. I saw the last New York show. Janine Garofalo was there. Um, a whole a whole bunch of comics that you've seen. Um, and Rebecca has a, a love for pit bull. What I refer to as pit bull type dogs. There is no actual breed called a pit bull. It's just any dog that looks remotely like this breed of dog is labeled a pit bull. And then there's discrimination against them in terms of housing mm-hmm. and yeah. um, states that allow them or don't. And there's a lot of fear based. A lot of fear based. And it's all. You know, dogs are like children. If you are a shitty parent, you're going to raise a shitty dog or a shitty animal. And Mm -hmm. there's this culture around dog fighting that it's glorified and sort of, you know, this, this like masculine identity to being a badass with a badass fighting dog. And these dogs are put through hell. They're locked yeah. into breeding cages. They're burned and trained and had acid poured on them in order to make them more aggressive. Rebecca also runs the Los Angeles County Dog Fighting Tip Line, and she hires a private investigator that investigates all the tips in the greater Good LA for her. area. So as a result, she started this foundation, which brings awareness to the true nature of these dogs and helps fund other rescues and shelters. She had a dog named Angel that she rescued. Angel was covered with acid burns over 60% of its body, and she rescued Angel and nursed her back to health, and Angel was an inspiration for her, changed her life. Angel died of cancer a few years ago. So to, to memorialize Angel's death every year on April 2nd, she holds Angel Day, where she her organization funds a free spaying and neutering clinic in 22 cities in the U.S. So on that day... In 22 cities, at least 600 dogs can be spayed and neutered, and exponentially that dog and its offspring and their offspring impacts about 68,000 animals that are prevented from being left on the streets or needing a place to go yeah. to. Or yeah. crowding up shelters, which crowding is what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Thank you for putting put, that. And when you crowd up these shelters due to partly the stigma towards yeah. pit bulls and right. so much. They get what, euthanized first, usually. And, and if you yeah. were just to logically tell people, you know, why are we doing this? It's because the more, if you can span neuter them and, and, and stop this proliferation right. of... There are more homes to go around. Right. There are more. Yeah, they're going to crowd out, and ultimately they're going to stay in these right. horrible right. places and right. die. Their right. life is yeah. only going to know being in a shelter, and it's just. Right. And I, when I was, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, and so, so I'm, we're going to do our part. And yeah. Yeah. I do everything I can to, to. I donate to her organization regularly. I'm attending the show and on June second at the Gotham Comedy Club. Go to standupforpits.us to learn everything about this organization. But um, yeah, I donated uh, 25% of every scene. I I've filmed since the beginning of the year until April second. Nice, nice. And I know you from before from LA, and I know you used to have your own. Yeah, I had a a pitbull for nine years. Yeah, Yeah. that's where I fell in love with the breed. So it's of course it's a a, a cause that's near and dear to my heart. But um, 
I love it. I love it. That's so awesome. See people. Awesome. He's so well rounded with a huge dick and beautiful. <laughs> you can catch him. And he him. likes dogs. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to try and go May 25th to go see the Gravies and see, and hopefully you will. Oh, let win. me know if you're going. Let me I know will. if you're going. I for yeah. sure want to run into you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Cool. Um, once again, people can follow you uh, on Instagram at Brucellaneous, correct? Correct. B R U C E L L A N E O U S. It's like miscellaneous, but Bruce. And on Twitter, we go to Bruce Beck. Um, triple X. Correct. And there's a link to my Instagram there too if you can't remember that convoluted name. Okay. And most importantly, onlyfans.com forward slash Bruce Beckham. Triple X. Triple X yep. too. Right. And that's where you're going to get all the juicy scenes, including yeah. the Cuban, yeah. which I got a taste of. <laughs> on Twitch, and you do a really good job. You of, got a taste of him, really? Well, no. Oh, he does oh, a, okay. Bruce oh, does a really not good person. People that are good know <laughs> their social media, they'll give you a tease. So I got I saw the teaser of the Cuban, which offline I want to yeah. talk about HK yeah. and where I can find this I'll, Cuban. I'll show you the whole <laughs> deal. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks for yeah, having me. Thank you so much. Thanks.